Ellis here with First of the Floor. Welcome to everyone joining us live here on YouTube and shout out to everyone catching the show later wherever you prefer your podcasts. Once again, it's a great day to be a Celtics fan. Wayne Spoonie and Jake Eisenberg are both here. Spoonie, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm going to channel my inner like Boston sports radio host for this episode <laughs> oh. because I had I had to do some work while the game. I did watch the game, but I was also working. So like most Boston sports radio hosts, I'm going to talk about a game I kind of watched. Uh, and I'm going to do it very confidently. <laughs> Look, l- l- lucky for you, it was the Spurs. And so... Yeah. You know, we only really needed to half watch that one, specifically the last three minutes and three seconds of the game, most important than, <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And what's up to Jake as well? And Spoonie, I think you flying blind is probably better analysis than most people out there who watched the game three mm. times. So we'll, we'll take it. Uh, before we get into it, please do us a solid and subscribe to the YouTube channel and all the actual podcast available on all podcast apps. Like the stream here. If you're here watching live, hit that like button. It's easy. It's a twitch of the finger. Help us navigate the algorithm and get the show in front of more eyeballs. Also, are you tired of watching Celtics games alone? Well, you can watch them live with us on the Celtics blogs playback room playback.tv slash Celtics blog. And finally, check out Wayne Spoonie's column for Celtics blog, Three Leaf Clover, this week breaking down Jason Tatum's elite isolation play. And you'll be surprised at just how insane, uh, to which insane level some of those stats have climbed. So really good stuff there from Spoonie. And shout out to everyone in the chat. Shout out to the dumb gang here uh, in the chat who uh, demanded before we go live a a shout out, which we're happy to do because of course we love everyone in the chat um, joining us live (laughs) or after the fact here on YouTube. Uh, Absolutely. All right, guys. Shall we get into it? The Celtics, they beat the Spurs. Spoonie, in case you were wondering, uh, last night, 117 <laughs> to 98. It wasn't really even that close, though, but the Celtics were just kind of treading water for half the game. Jake, like immediate takeaways from this one. I kind of thought it was a bit of a nothing game. Celtics, 20 and 0 at home. That's the most important takeaway from, from this game. You know, coming into this stretch, it was like, okay, can we, can we get to 20 and 0 going into this Nuggets game? That has been achieved. And uh, yeah, look, 68% from three in the first half. Pretty absurd. The Celtics have just been shooting at just like kind of an outrageous rate for the past kind of, I don't even know, like three, four weeks at this point. And we were, we were all, we, the whole season, we were kind of saying like, these guys are insanely good. And Jalen, Jason, Porzingis, kind of your three most high volume three-point shooters, none of which are shooting well. Well, Jalen and Jason have started to go off and uh, everybody went off in the first half. The 68.4 was absurd. I think it actually got up to 70% at the beginning of the third quarter as well. But um, yeah, the Spurs had no chance. <laughs> Dude, if if I was a Spurs fan, I would be a little worried about watching Victor Wembenyama try to defend high pick and roll. Mm-hmm. It's like... Tatum oh God, sauced yeah. his ass like oh, over yeah. <laughs> and over again uh, from what I saw, uh, <laughs> which was actually <laughs> often enough that when I was yes. occasionally looking up, every time I looked up, we were just dominating him in high pick and roll. And it's like, that's the easiest play to get in basketball. Like Luke Cornett's coming over and setting the screen and we're getting easy shots out of it with Wemby like in some crazy deep drop. And part of that is like the pull up threes go down looks pretty easy when you know somebody's in drop yeah. and you can make pull up threes but Ooh. uh i think it just goes to like joe again like he knew you got to attack you got to have the guy who is defending be the screen setter in that high pick and roll get his ass out of the paint because if he can roam like we do with Porzingis you mm-hmm. will never score at the rim 
ever. Um, he is like seven feet nineteen with thirty foot <laughs> dude, the arms. arms. Are nuts. I know. It looks <laughs> fake, dude. It really does. Uh, He's a two K player. Yeah. Um, but it was just a, a great game plan, and those threes were like not covered. I mean, that sixty eight percent in the first half is is a crazy number, but they were all wide open catch and shoot off the dribble comfortable great shooters doing it so great game plan to open it up and then from what i could tell the second half just kind of seemed like uh you know we'll just let's just keep it 20 and get over you know finish this game off yeah the whole second half was just like begging for walshy minutes uh because they played with their food through that third quarter which was brutal and i would never blame you for not watching that quarter spoonie um they just delayed the inevitable which was walshy finally getting his debut which we'll get to uh i suppose uh you mentioned spoonie that joe probably has a lot of experience scheming an offense around a similar player archetype at least dimensions wise to uh, wemby in uh guys like robert robert williams right as far as like how to defend using a player like that so obviously bringing him up to the screen and and, and screening using his guy is going to get him out of the paint and create easy looks for the Celtics and and put him in some terrible positions there like you mentioned Tatum burning him on a number of occasions and then on the other end the Spurs were just missing everything leading to the Celtics easily winning the rebounding battle on this one uh, despite them having a 7 foot 5 alien uh, 54 to 41 on the rebounding and the Celtics are now what happened for quite a while I believe leading the league in rebounding which I know we've talked oh. about it's never not surprising because of I like know. years of traumatizing yeah. <laughs> lost rebound and we've even had it microcosms of like lost rebounding battles this season where we're being killed on second That's... chance points and things like that so to see that stat maybe the biggest like double take at the stat sheet that I've done all season and I can't believe how long that's been holding for I wonder um, if that's just like is that partly defense related like we're forcing a lot of misses so there's more rebounds to go around but yeah like, absolutely well, but in the case of the Spurs too, right how do you mean like rebounding percentage yeah we're third yeah, in rebounding yeah. percentage which is yeah okay. so first in total so, rebounds third in rebounding yes. percentage so it's like both yeah so we're very ridiculous period yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should just end the pod there like that is amazing, yeah, uh, that is amazing. if you've been watching the celtics for more than like three years and like that, that's like blowing your world away right now um speaking <laughs> of being blown away the corn hub cornhub.com yeah. luke cornett uh amazing <laughs> six nine and four plus a steal and three blocks in this game taylor snow do we have the tweet here yes here we go. Amazing uh, shot here as well. Victor Wembanyama, the NBA's leader in stocks, which is steals and blocks, at 4.32 per game, was outstocked by Luke Cornett tonight by a tally of 4-1. to one. Uh, He dominated Wemby, which is a lie, but fun to say. And, like, not too far from the truth within the microcosm of this game, Jake. What do you think? Cornett, man. I can't believe I've turned into the Cornett guy, or a Cornett guy, <laughs> um, from, from screaming... From the from the hilltops, please. I wish Rob Williams would just come back and grab a rebound from the beginning of the season, like starting the Luke Cornett. Please grab more than one rebound challenge. Look at him, nine rebounds, offensive rebounding. Like this guy, and and my favorite part, he's he's just a quick decision maker, man. He, he's always looking for the next screen. He's like, when can I screen? Very rarely does someone need to stand at the top of the key and call Cornette up to do a screen. He's just constantly head on a swivel. Can I screen on ball, off ball? He's just playing his role to the, like the maximum of his capability. You know, he's got athletic limit- limitations, but he's really maxing out, I think, what he's capable of this season. 
Yeah, and, and like he's just seems so much more comfortable with his role offensively recently. Like those first like month of the season, like that dude was not looking at the rim. Like he looked scared of yep. the basketball at times. He couldn't catch it randomly for some reason as well. But recently, like in the handoff game, in sort of these like that pitch back and screen game that he got gets going with like uh JB a lot. Um, he, yeah, you're right, Jake. He just looks really comfortable and he's just so active on both ends, really. Like his rebounding lets him down. He doesn't read the ball off the rim really well on the defensive rebounding side, but he tries really hard and he's your third big. And we went through it last show. Like it's really hard to find a third center in the NBA who's significantly better than Luke Cornett. Like this dude has turned him in himself into like a legitimate plus role player off the bench and i am for one completely stunned <laughs> i know uh, but hey here we are <laughs> there's so many like takes that i would like to scrub from the internet regarding yeah. luke cornett from like a Not month me. ago <laughs> what, what's funny um, is that i i started off as the, the luke guy and then i came way i was like the lowest on him and now and he, here we are yeah, but, Kate um, is going to be, you know, brought up to a, a guaranteed contract and, and Luke's going to be traded away and, uh, yeah. man, man, how the times have changed. Well, like, quickly, though, I've seen this comment from Mitch. We were talking about this in the playback stream yesterday as well from our guy RJ. Cornet's playing too well. Some team is going to pay him this offseason. I can't quite get there. I would still be surprised <laughs> if someone's offering Cornet more than minimum money. Like, for your, for, for your third big. Uh, I don't know. Spoonie? Yeah, I like we at least have his early bird rights. I think maybe we might have his bird rights. So like if some team's going to swoop in for like four or five million dollars a year, like we'd probably just match that. Right. Mm -hmm. I would think so. Yeah, he's, he's turned out great as a third string big. And I think, you know, naturally people want the best out of everyone and everything. And they, they look for uh, or they look at and highlight the absence of an elite skill. But he's like a C, a C plus in like across the board, really. And after this podcast, we're going to hang on the line here, not live on YouTube, but we're going to hang around the three of us and record our next episode of the underrated plays series and some Luke Cornett screening and like his nose for oh, screening, yeah. his natural ability to detect where and when and to who. Uh, for whom rather to set screens for it's such an innate ability of his and that's going to feature heavily uh in the next episode so we're looking forward to that after the game you know what we're sort of highlighting in this episode is the vibes we're kind of in the doldrums of the season and for me personally i still remember the waiting game that was the off season and how brutally and painfully slow that was so i'm, I'm doing my best to appreciate every game every off day every tweet everything even though we are technically in sort of the slowed down boring like pre-super bowl part of the season and luke Cornett, better than any other really highlighted the great vibes in his post-game interview and um it's weird because uh, I feel like we could be like a rap crew, but kind of like, I don't know what that crew would be. I, I'd just be the baseline vocals, just to kind of in the background. All right. Yeah. That's intriguing. Yes. No. Back to Victor. Yeah. You just try to make him make shots and uh, I mean, he's going to make some great plays and he's got to keep weathering the course. Storm? Weathering the storm. There you go. Yeah. That could be the name of your band. Weathering the storm. I feel like we got to get some puns in there, but I'd have to work on that for a little bit. I don't know. Abby is the goat. Abby, Abby is, is so the goat, good. dude. She is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Dude, they're all like, you can see Luke's locker room roll right there. They're all just like standing there waiting for him to do 
a Luke Cornette thing. And as soon as he breaks, you know, serious character talking to Abby, he's like, I feel like we could be a rap group. They all just start cracking up and like, yep, yeah. we, we, we got what we came for and, and we're yeah. out of here. Like, he's the best. Does it give you hope that you could like uh, coexist in a group of cool people? Because like I feel personally like I'm such a dork as well that if he can be seen as cool by his his peers in that environment that it gives one of such a personality hope elsewhere in the world or am I overthinking it? Uh, brutally, uh, <laughs> I think I might be. <laughs> you get a lot of like uh, leeway when you're seven foot three and in, in an NBA Trick. player. You know, like there's some up. some serious cool points in there, like my <laughs> ass, like playing RPGs and reading like fantasy novels. Probably not going to get those cool points. <laughs> like I could not hang with Tatum and Drew Holiday. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, thanks, yeah, look, Mary Poppins in the chat. Uh, yeah. th- th- those are really endearing qualities True. to be spooty RPGs and, and fantasy novels. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, look, Luke, who, who, who needs Blake, as has been pointed out to, to us by many people in the past couple of mm. days, when you've got the legend uh, <laughs> of, of Luke Cornette. Uh, any other stats here on Cornette we want to get to? Like, I know we've got some more stuff in the run sheet. Well, we've got some yeah. clips and some comparisons to make. Well, quickly, yeah, quickly before we move on, just because everybody hates Cornette. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. <laughs> Half of the world feels like they hate Cornette, and like that's the one thing that people want to complain about if they're going to complain about something. He's played 338, 383 minutes. The Celtics have a 4.79 net rating with Cornet on the floor. So they're just good when Cornet plays, which mm-hmm. is which is all you really can ask for. And then mm-hmm. for the for the the Cater Hive, the Nimi Hive, I've got this play um, here for you. So this just highlights the difference between Luke Cornet and Cater so perfectly. I'm going to play it here. We can watch it. So, yeah, Drew comes over. Cornette sets a beautiful screen for Hauser, who hits it to on the short roll, and just super quick decision on target pass to Jalen Brown in the corner, which he nails. And then on the other end, Cater sets a screen for Tatum. Tatum finds Nimi in the short roll, and he just freezes. He just, like, mm-hmm. completely just stops. And, like, it's only half a second for a full second. When you're watching it live, in contrast to Al Horford, Porzingis, and Cornette, Catch the ball in short roll in any situation, and the decision making is is like two times slower, and that's the biggest difference. And like that's such a valuable thing for this team and for any team for your center to be able to make quick decisions and on target passes. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, is an incredible man, incredible guy <laughs> on and off the court, and it's just good to see it finally come into fruition. Because I think for the vibes alone, like everyone's been rooting for this guy, and now he's clearly like like everyone on the team. And we could spend all night talking about this on an individual by individual basis. Like everyone has perfectly found their role. Uh, it's just great to see um, Joe Titty in the chat, rightfully calling out the bear name should be Corn, and that we've covered this. This uh, is true. I feel That's like we'll happened. have the opportunity to revisit this. <laughs> um, another awesome moment of the game, sticking with the incredible vibes coming out of this one in this juncture of the season. Jordan Walsh, Walshy, as we run some B-reel here, finally got his debut in Celtic screen in TD Garden there. The crowd Big was hot for this one. Huge. Yeah, Moses Malone level <laughs> rebounding coming off the bench here for, for Jordan Walsh. And, you know, here, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see, like, obviously he had one possession like this, but just great on, with his one-on-one defense there. And uh, Jake, I believe the vibes in the playback stream were um, unparalleled. <laughs> oh, the vibes in the playback stream. I mean, firstly, Sfi and Banton. I mean, talk about not understanding the assignment. It was 
specifically Svee. <laughs> just every chance he got, he was driving, putting him up. But yeah, this is the possession that we were all ready to explode for. No, don't run to the corner while she come get it, bro, dude. Yes, yes. yes. No. no. Slip it. One more. One, One more. more. Come oh on. Oh my God, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Oh. Oh no! I broke the <laughs> shit out of that, uh, dude. <laughs> Your reaction is like everyone I think watching that. Yeah, yeah that's that was what amazing. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so if one of you, like, if you're listening, watching, and you had not in the playback stream, that's exactly what it is. It's all of us feeling the exact same way and just doing it all together. But yeah, man, ah, Svee and Banton. We should we should have gotten eight minutes of Walshy, and we should have gotten three. But that that part's more on the starters, honestly, for mm-hmm. for dicking it around for. Half of the third quarter, but then we just should have gotten him him some more touches, man. If that shot went down there, <laughs> I remember watching. Um, oh my god, what is it? James Young mm-hmm. just move on a basketball court? And I remember being like, oh, yeah. "Does this cat? Does this cat?" I apparently I talk like a jazz musician <laughs> uh, ten, <laughs> ten years ago. Does this guy have like bricks in his shoes? Like he just looked so. <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable on a, yeah. on an NBA court, uh, just like me saying this stuff. Uh, and like, but I, I will say, like, Walshy looks really fluid. He looks really quick. He looks really athletic, and he's huge, right? Like, he's six yeah. seven, seven foot wingspan. Like, there's a player in there. Even from that three minute stint, like, he didn't look completely lost offensively he's just kind of like a guy who's going to play his role as Delano Banton drives into four defenders and throws up a bullshit you know layup right um so it's kind of like we're kind of like vibing we're just kind of joking but he did look kind of like encouragingly fluid out there hey defense like defense he's gonna be a really good rebounder for his position I mean you know he's averaging um 48 rebounds per 36 currently which I think would would be would be a record. Should hold. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> that, should, that should hold. Rodman-esque. Yeah, I, I think that's just the kind of guy that he is. He's gonna be a really good rebounder. He's gonna defend. And like he can put the ball on the court. He can make simple passes. Dribble pass, shoot, man. This the shot's the one part we're not hundred percent sure he's gonna be able to do, but like to me the shot looks fine. So um yeah, look we could we, I could do an hour on three minutes and three seconds of Jordan Walsh. I know. It's just so fulfilling to finally get it. And unfortunately, like looking at the immediate upcoming schedule, like there's no uh, opportunities really for additional Walshy playing time for a little while now. Certainly not going to play against Denver. Although, you know, hopefully we're in the position where we can trot out the deep, deep G League level bench uh, to end the game if we're up by 30 at some point. But it doesn't seem like a reasonable prediction to make. Um, So it's good to see him out there at a juncture of the season where it was realistic to to bring him on. And apparently the whole main Celtics team were there to watch. Watch yeah. him. So like it was the stage was set. Like he was going to play, uh, even yeah. though it looked like we were going to shit the bed as a team prior to that moment. It was fortunate that um you know that they did set the stage and make the bed for uh for Walsh to come out and play. As I Dude. rattle through my analogies in my brain. Uh, Sorry, we, we're <laughs> shitting the bed. We're making the bed. <laughs> I feel like I'm shitting the bed multiple times on this yeah. podcast. This, this Jordan, this Jordan Walsh cat. This Jordan Walsh cat, man. I mean, like, I, I, is, is it a is it a sign though that? They're going to maybe start doing this a little bit more because, like, we've been like, why is he not being called up in certain spots or being played in certain spots? But, like, this seems like a very purposeful, we're probably going to kick the shit out of the Spurs. Let's bring him up. And they yeah. did. 
My 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 prediction is still March, April. You look at that schedule. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of opportunities, I think, to get Walsh in there. That's going to be the spot. Um, and I'm just, whew, that's that's what this season's all about now. Do you, do you guys worry at all that the, the portion of the season where we're sort of predicted to and allowed to take our foot off the gas <laughs> somewhat, Wayne, Jazz, and Spoonie from DJ Daniel on the chat, love it. Um, do you guys worry that like it's it's the later to immediately before the playoffs portion of the season that we're sort of being encouraged to throttle down a little bit? I, I don't know. I feel like you can... Well, first of all, let me just say shout out to the crowd. Like, this is such yeah. a Celtics crowd when the yeah, like dude. 15th man is getting like standing ovations I for know. getting a rebound. The 35th um, pick. Come on, <laughs> yes. Jordan. Yeah. Like, that's how you know there's like basketball diehards in that building. But uh, I, I feel like like they're not... They're still going to play. Like Tatum, the Jays, like the, all the starters are still going to play as the season winds down. Like you can still stay prepped in 20 minutes a night. You're just not going to keep adding up 37 minute night, you know, a night wear and tear on you. So mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not super concerned with just like downshifting as this, as it gets closer to the playoffs, because like these dudes are ready. They know the assignment and they're still going to like play really hard and kind of limited minutes. Yeah. And, and like, and there's still tough games in this March, April stretch. Like, even though it is a squishy stretch, like even looking at the last kind of couple of weeks here, um, the fourth game before the end of the season is against the Bucks. The Kings, uh, you know, are in there. The Thunder mm-hmm. again, Pelicans. Like, there's still, um, you know, a bunch of tough games in there. So, like, you're going to be out of balance both getting more rest, but also I remember Tatum talking about, you know, wanting to get experience before getting into the playoffs. Not experience, practice. Um, playing 42, 43 minutes in a couple of games just to, like, get your, get your feet under him before, before you go in. So, it, it'll be a balance between both. But, um, yeah, Walsh. While also preparing for the playoffs, perfect. Yeah, enough to keep secret us secret weapon. Yeah, that's right. Any, anything else stand out from this one? Like before we move on, before we get to an ad break, like I, I know we've got on the ranch in here the Jays playing in the fourth. Why? Why were they playing? I mean, we were short a few players. Like we, we did need some humans on the court really I like you think about the, the lessened roster that we had and like Jalen and Jason were awesome in this game the whole team collectively shut the bed in the third quarter but in the first two quarters with the Jays like they just looked like they were in a league of their own which is a cliche but they just looked worlds better than anyone else in the building and also that like they're just kind of going through the motions in the process it didn't really look like they were even asserting themselves um, particularly hard so nothing new on the Jays like but I think we need to take stock and at least not take this for granted because they are just absolutely killing it at the moment. Yeah, they were really good. They're really good combined <laughs> yep. for another 45 <laughs> points. It's just not fair what what they were doing to this Spurs team, specifically Wemby. Um, but I was going to say this comment here, quick quick prediction, more minutes by the end of the year, Walsh or Stevenson, my guy Lamar, our guy Lamar. Doesn't matter. Like, no, I'm, I'm yeah. just. It's, it's more interesting. It's probably Walsh because, like, he seems out, dude. It just seems like Walsh is going to play in blowouts, and we'll probably have quite a few of those. And Stevens is only going to play with like several injuries racked up, and hopefully that doesn't happen. So I think it's probably Walsh. Um, I yeah. wonder if Stevens gets moved at the deadline too yeah. for like a minor upgrade. I don't know. Give me Walshy. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah like. like- 
Oh no, go ahead, Spin. Well, well my preference is Walshy, just for the vibes, <laughs> and like we yeah. we want to we want to track the development. We want to see you know how he's tracking and uh, if he's you know we're getting what we need out of him down there in the G. And Lamar, it feels like we've had several false starts with him. The G. And okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah keep saying like that. You'll fit well. in real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, you know, we've been doing an NBA podcast for a while. You learn the lingo. Uh, um, <laughs> Lamar, we've had a number of false starts and never really gone anywhere with that. So it just feels like if something was going to happen with Lamar Stevens, if we were going to utilize him in one way or another, well, halfway through the season, guys, it feels like yeah. it probably would have happened already. It's crazy. So, and because he yeah. does possess that, like, at least in form of his resume, starter caliber quality, maybe he is more of an enticing trade chip if we do decide to make some moves around the edges uh, in less than a month's time. February 8 is the deadline there. So um, ultimately, like, we're in good stead if we need nothing from either of them, I think is the takeaway. We shouldn't. Yeah, we don't. Great. Yeah, we don't need anything from either of them. But we want something from Walsh. So that's- <laughs> mm-hmm. Deeply, <laughs> um, Drew Holiday is quite good now, guys. Mm-hmm. Last five games, forty-two percent from three. He's actually up to forty-two percent overall on the season from three. But he was thirty-six percent from three in his first ten games as a Celtic. Incredible assist to turnover ratio: four assists per game, one turnover per game. The last five games and one hundred and eight defensive rating. He, the theme beyond the vibes on this show, just seems to be you know discussing about how guys are really settled into their role. And yeah, we've discussed this recently with Drew. But uh, in addition to his role of just being like that quarterback in the zone. And, and being a primary ball handler uh, and defending the, the main point of attack and often the other team's best player as well. He seems to be like the first guy to slot in when we have a notable absence, whether it's Jalen or Tatum or Derek White, to be like the next man up as far as aggression and the first person we go to when Tatum receives a double. And he's really like... Um, thriving in that role now it's taken a while but he seems really comfortable in being patient and waiting for those moments to be given to him by the opposition rather than forcing them a little bit spoony so i don't know that's probably it but are you seeing anything else from drew he he so like he has like one game out of five where he just goes yolo and does like crazy stuff the entire game i don't know what it is but I mean, he was awesome against the Spurs and like he's literally this is not an exaggeration. He's shooting 60 percent from the corner this year. Wow. And yeah, 37 percent from above the break, which is still like elite from above the break um, because, you know, it's a longer three point shot. So, um, yeah, like Drew's kind of, you know, we, we talked about it last show. Like he's kind of Jake, I think you put it like his. His downside, like his band of Marcus Smartness is like less downside and more upside. And other than um, the most the second most recent game now, it's completely I'm losing. Who who did we just play? No, Yeah. Other than the Raptors (laughs) game where he was like awesome, but he was kind of like going crazy a little bit. It was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. But the shots were going in. So it was Uh okay. Like he's just on an absolute tear. And I think the most important thing to me is the fact. He's just not turning it over. And like, I, I really like get shots on goal. You know, the Eric Spolstra, the mantra, Jake says it a lot, yep. like get shots up. Drew will get the shots up and he has these times where he turns it over too much. And that's not been the case recently. And lo and behold, he looks a whole lot better when the ball is like getting towards the rim instead of the opponent's hands. Yeah. It's like. How, what, what do you want? A shot that you're like, oh, that's not a great shot or a turnover. It's like not even close yeah. because give yourself mm-hmm. a 35 to 40% chance of getting a three or like an, a 70% transition play for the opposition. It's so important. And so like give him the green light to me because I think once he starts to 
like dribble a little bit, that's when he can start to get into trouble. Um, just just fire away, man. Like these, the pull-ups, the catch and shoots, just be just be confident, decisive, and let it fly. And then you add that to not only that the defense has been incredible, but he's just been a really consistent rebounder as well. Like I have actually, I don't have the rebounding numbers in front of me for like to be able to compare Marcus and Drew, but I feel like Drew's been a really good rebounder for his position as someone that has bet on Drew Holiday rebounds a fair bit this season. He <laughs> he's been he's been cashing. Yeah, he's averaging six rebounds a game, which is like nice, really solid from from your guard spot. Question in the chat here from DJ Daniel. Uh, what do you guys mm. think of getting an insurance ball handler like Patty Mills or Austin Rivers after Peyton Pritchard replaced Brogdon? We never replaced the other PG spot. Now, Spoonie, we did the trade chatter a pod ago, and even Brad Stevens has mentioned that they're likely to pursue a wing and not so much another guard. And we kind of leaned into someone else at the big man spot as well. We didn't touch too heavily on guards. Do you, do you feel that there's a need to fill there at that position? Peyton Pritchard is way better than Austin Rivers. I will say that with all my heart. Um, and like Patty Mills. Careful. I haven't. I, ha- I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I'm shredding on very thin ice right here with the Aussies. Um, is, is this version of Patty Mills any better than Peyton Pritchard? Like undersized guard who can shoot threes off the catch and off the dribble and like pseudo run an offense. Like they're kind of the same guy at this point, really. So I don't really see a need other than like the Caruso thing. I don't yeah. see a need to upgrade on Hauser or Jesus Pritchard. Um, <laughs> one of the, I don't one of see a need guys. to upgrade on one of the white guys. Yeah. Um, and like, look in the playoffs, your third guard with how we can run our rotations with the top six, like, and we can just like stagger Drew and Derek White and Tatum can take some ball handling. Like that third guard is going to play like eight, nine, 10 minutes a night in the playoffs. And maybe not at all. If we make the NBA finals, you know, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't think it's a priority. Yeah. I think, to, I think the question he was more as like, as well as not instead of, Oh, so, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. <laughs> and so like, yeah, in that, in that regard, I think Patty Mills is actually kind of perfect in that role. And so would Austin Rivers. Like those guys as just yeah. one more guy that is a point guard. And both guys are going to be positive locker room influences. Austin Rivers would be just ecstatic to be on an NBA roster. He doesn't care if he's playing. Patty Mills, I mean, there's no better guy uh, in the world. So like as far as um, like worrying about guys, <laughs> no better. No better guy in the world. That's that's, that's his title. And uh, so that would be be nice. Um, Adam in the chat, how come no one's talking about Kispert? I would mean, Kispert would be a dream addition, but that's not. Like, Mm -hmm. the Wizards aren't trading him unless someone overpays because, like, he's a young guy that's good. They they need young guys that are good. Uh, But, yeah, he's probably one of the more underrated players in, in the NBA. He's, like, kind of a more athletic hauser almost. Yep. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but yeah, as far as Patty Mills or anyone of that caliber is concerned, like I'm thinking slotting in in roughly the Delano Banton role, if you want to call it that, which is hardly a role. It's essentially like very, <laughs> very um, random insertions into the the rotation if for a very specific matchup, which is really more Banton-centric than it ever would be for Patty Mills. Um, but other than that, just locker room vibes and spelling the rotation players if we're up 30 in the fourth quarter, essentially. And for that, Patty Mills or Austin Rivers, you might say in Austin Rivers' case, our peer, our equal in the uh, NBA podcasting world. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to come back in a moment <laughs> and hit the Schadenfreude report. But before that, a quick word from our sponsor. 
The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I have a question for you. Please. Do you guys want to guess what the line is for the Nuggets game tomorrow? Ooh. Like home. Home? Where home? Like four and a half? Yep. Minus Minus two and a half. half. Minus five and a half for the Damn. Celtics. Yeah. Well. The Nuggets haven't been great on the road. They're in the middle of this road trip. Celtics, no one in the injury report. I haven't actually had a look at the Nuggets for injury report, but interesting. Just lost to um, Philly. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel comfortable handing out the Celtics against the Nuggets there. Um, Philly plays Orlando tomorrow, minus five. That's actually something I feel pretty pretty comfortable with. I think that uh, I don't know if Franz Wagner's back yet, but mm-hmm. either He's way. not. He's ruled out for the game tomorrow night. Okay, well then, yeah, Philly minus five. Like, Orlando's just, Paolo's just way too overtasked right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually cost me a uh, same game parlay by like half a point um, or one point in the Hawks game yesterday by going eight for 23. Uh, but yeah, so I feel you minus five. <laughs> nice. Franz Wagner as well. Wasn't he just on the Reddit pod as well? He was. Is the yeah. curse maybe deeper and more outreach, far reaching than we first considered? Uh, anyway, let's get related. to the- Oh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, let's get to the Schadenfreude report. Schadenfreude. The Sixers. Schadenfreude. The Lakers. Schadenfreude. The Heat. Schadenfreude. Milwaukee Bulls. Schadenfreude. Warriors. Schadenfreude. We're back. We're back. <laughs> what a banger. I mean, talk, <laughs> talk about a fun day for the Celtics. Obviously, we murder the Spurs. Meanwhile, the Giannis-less Bucks take on the Cavs. And they. it was just one of those one of those nights where you're getting screenshots of the box score throughout the game. I think they were down 22-2 to two to start the game. They were down 40 at one point. And it kind of speaks to a, a few things, but in particular, the the Bucks are just. Giannis is doing so much for that for that team he this year. He's really probably not getting quite enough credit for how much he's doing. Like that defense is so bad, despite having one of the best defenders in the NBA. And you see it tonight. Like Dame's getting away with not having an awesome, uh, awesome year. But hang on, big. We've got to draw attention to this one. Michael Manning. Michael Manning. Wow. Yeah. Generous. Um, Thank you, sir. Place your, place your bets. How long does the home winning streak go? I think we make it past Denver. The home winning streak won't be in jeopardy until we face the Philly at the end of February 30 and oh, Wow. Okay. So we've got to pull up the Southern schedule quickly here because mm-hmm. um, I know we play the Clippers at home soon. That's, that was another one I had my eye on as a potential loss. So that's our next home game after the Nuggets, I believe. Correct. So it's Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Pacers, Lakers, Grizzlies, Hawks. Wizards. That's tough, dude. I mean, the Hawks not, but the but, Pacers with Siakam too. Like, yeah. that's a pretty tough run. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 20. I don't know. I'm, I want to be confident here. Maybe we <laughs> drop it. Can I be negative, Nancy? Yeah, go for it. I think we lose to the Nuggets. 
No. Yeah, I'm just trying. I know. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry. Uh, personally devastating. Uh, I yeah, know. I mean, if we were going to lose to any of these teams, it's probably going to be the best one of the them. And one, Clippers, yeah. the, the following game, is probably the most likely. Um, but the the desire to protect this streak yeah. from, the, from the guy's perspective yeah. and to continue to show themselves as a championship caliber team against top tier teams you know they're going to come out and play their best basketball in these next two home games nuggets and clippers so wouldn't it just be so celtics for it to be like the grizzlies this is a good point yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. marcus smart being in the building just the emotion of smart's presence i know he's not going to play but um so let's call it 25 and 9 that's where we're going Mm mm-hmm Right. Someone else had a comment further upstream just being like, just lose. Just get it over with so we can just kind of restore our focus a little bit and just play no, normal basketball. <laughs> it's losing no mentality. <laughs> no, like I think it's helping. I think it's helping yeah. them like play harder. And, you know, and the crowds are all about the home record as well. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's not get rid of that. All right, back to the Sean Fred report. Cavs, yeah. murder, the, Cavs murder the Bucks um, and the Raptors murder the Heat. Jimmy Butler's finally back. Um, they won. At, he's his second game back. They won an overtime game against the Nets when neither team scored 100 points in overtime in the mm-hmm. year 2024, which I don't know how that's possible. No. <laughs> and then they were like, they had their Jimmy Bam. Everybody was playing. Not everybody, I don't think, but Jimmy Bam against the Raptors, who we haven't lost to in like three years. They got smoked. Uh, so that's just good to see. So now you look at the standings. The Celtics are four games ahead of the Bucks, five games ahead of the Sixers. And our good friend Dan Greenberg um, tweeted about this today. Very interested to see if the Celtics can maintain their lead in the East over these next five games before things lighten up for them. Boston has Denver, Houston, Dallas, Miami, and the Clippers, whereas Milwaukee has Pistons, Pistons, Cavs, Cavs, Pelicans, Philly has Magic, Hornets, Spurs, Pacers, Denver. So, like, on one hand, it's like, have we Magic numbered the one seed? Have we kind of done enough to clinch? And our New Zealand correspondent, Joe, we were talking about this in the playback. Our (laughs) mathematics wizard was explaining this to me. Right now, the Celtics, you know, are winning 77, 78% of all of their games. So, for the... Bucks or Sixers to get one game on us, they need to win like eight or nine out of 10 to gain mm-hmm. one game, as long as the Celtics are maintaining a seven out of 10 win pace. And that basically takes us to the end of the season. So like, yeah. And he, he, he called this last year and went 21 and five, Joe did. And so we've kind of magic numbered them and he was almost right. And that was with the Celtics not really playing very well for basically that point onwards. And we have a similar lead right now with a team that I feel much more confident in that's going to maintain. But this stretch right here is very important. It's like, can we get out of this thing with a three-game lead still? Yeah, doesn't it just feel like these assholes, the Bucks and the Sixers, have just been given every opportunity to cut to catch up throughout the, mm-hmm. the season so far? We're just strength of schedule and our the easy part of ours just being so backloaded. They've been given every opportunity. It's annoying, and so this is like a final opportunity. Just looking at our uh, schedule after this final hump here. So yeah, easy answer, simple answer. But if we can get over this hump and you know win three of these next five games, and even more difficult than it than it would have been at this point. Till this point, for the Bucks uh, and the and the Heat and uh, the Sixers rather to, to catch us, Spoonie. 
how are the Bucks still playing Detroit twice? I don't it know. Blows my mind. How many times it have they played like them? <laughs> yeah, dude, so. It blows my mind. It feels like them and Philly just play the Wizards, the uh, the Wizards and Detroit like ten times. Both them a month, and the Sixers. Basically, it's insane. insane. Yeah. Um, but hey, so I, I was I was on Reddit today. Shocking, I know. Um, and I saw <laughs> people discuss. I saw yeah, it's, it's nerdy cat. Uh, saw people on there talking about how like the response to the losses is less toxic than it was last year, and I think it's because like I got a lot more. I I, I know it's still like no, pretty toxic, Jake. I, yeah. I was gonna say what but, losses though. Ex- well, exactly. Like <laughs> it, it feels like last year the losses were like, oh, they blew a seventeen-point lead, or oh my god, they lost to the Pistons. But this team just feels like I'm just like much more confident in this team taking care of business. Do you guys feel the same way? Like this team yes. is just they're just like the last team I felt this way was the 07, 08 team. Mm-hmm. So the like yesterday the Spurs cut it to thirteen. Like after they were up 30 or whatever. It was 13, 15, something like that. And if this had been last year, I would have been like, I would have called my bookie and put in my secret code. FanDuel. Yeah, FanDuel. My secret bookie, FanDuel, <laughs> here in Australia. And, and put in a Celtics insurance bet. And I was doing it earlier in the season, but now, especially a game like yesterday, like it's, it's just not worth it. Even, even when the odds are 46 to 1 in the middle of the third quarter, they're up 15 and the lead's been cut in half. I don't feel that way. Like, I, you're absolutely right. And if you're the, the like, Ben, I'll flip it on you. Think about being the Bucks and the Sixers this season. It's like every night, you know, I tune into the Bucks and the Sixers and we, we message each other in Slack and we're like, come on, calm the, calm the Bucks. Calm the, oh, whoever's playing the Bucks, whoever's playing the Sixers. Calm the Nets. Calm the Magic. Calm the, yeah. the Cavs. And then if you, you reverse it. Like the game's over most nights, like mm-hmm. in the second quarter against the Celtics. It's just, it, they're just ridiculous. Yeah, well, I think anyone who's known me for long enough, and this includes you two, is I'm like one of the more neurotic Celtics fans. And I've never felt more at ease with everything beyond like will things hold from a health perspective. And even when we've been down late in games, uh, and this was demonstrated first game of the season against the net, the Knicks rather, where we were down six with less than five minutes to go. They claw back and they win that game. And that's been repeated throughout the season so far. And it's become consistent and it's become reliable. And it's made night's sleep easier for me. It's made life a lot calmer and um, and cruisier for me. So yeah, I have a lot of confidence in the in the Celtics this year um, that I've never had. And that's a really nice thing. I just hope, like I said, that the health aspect uh, holds. Yeah. But yeah, from the Bucks and the Sixers perspective, they're, just, they're a tier lower as far as like their level of consistency and the things that can potentially fail for them on a night in, night out basis. And like that, that does exist matchup problems for them that I don't think are a repeated issue for us. So um, truly in a world of our own, which I would never thought I could say, but just firing at all cylinders, coaching, top end of the roster, bottom end of the roster. We just talked about Luke Cornette for like fucking 20 minutes. Like things are good right now. (laughs) The title of this episode on on YouTube at least is it's a ridiculously fun time to be a Celtics fan. And that is a fact. Um, Do you want to talk about this Pacers trade and Siakam so far actually we should get to this question the super chat by justin b who asks are the celtics the most popular team in australia jake are you on mute you're muted classic sorry i was (laughs) 
was burping, so I didn't want to do that. Burp away, my friend. I'm a professional here. Uh, <laughs> are the Celtics the most popular team in Australia? I would say they're definitely up there. It's like Celtics, Lakers, Warriors, Heat. Those are the top four. Any team that LeBron has played for or the Lakers and Heat are kind of up there. And like, like just similar to like any of the most popular franchises. Um, so like, you know, I always, I'm constantly running into to Celtics fans because my wardrobe is made up of like 80% Celtics gear. And so after playing pickup last week, we went to the pub, walked into the thing, bartender's like, we have to win it this year. And this guy was oh. throwing <laughs> just the, the hardest takes. Like, Missoula's gone if we don't win this year, right? And like, we can't pay everybody. I'm like, well, dude. This is like wow. three weeks of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I'm only, I'm only, there's a line building up behind me here. Um, Let me get my microphone. I'll be yeah, right back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it depends on the context. There's nuance, brother. He's like, no, we have to win this year. I'm like, who am I to tell you? Uh, but yeah, the, the Celtics are definitely up there as the most popular team in Australia. I mean, I only attract vitriol when I wear, wear Celtics gear out. I said it recently. I was at Broadway shops in Sydney, had a Celtics shirt on. Someone walked past me. The Celtics suck, dude, which is just it's such a bad time to say that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, in my experience, they're not particularly popular at all. I still see so many Ben Simmons Sixers jerseys yep. around. Uh, sudden and unexpected drop off in giddy jerseys in the last two weeks. I have no mm. idea why. Um, so the Celtics have always sort of been in that mid-tier team where even like back when they were good, because they've got this like working class culture about them going back to like the old school Celtics days, people seem more drawn to like the showtime flashiness of the Lakers and the heat and the, the sort of the team of the day, the flashy team of the day. So in my experience in Australia, Celtics have never sort of topped the, uh, the list of popularity there. Are they the most popular team in West Virginia, Spoonie? <laughs> so they so uh, we're like three hours from cleveland lebron uh -huh. big yes. deal most for cast fans but now with joe coaching the team oh the yeah wvu guy dude i have people coming up to me who have never said a word about the nba being like dude how about those celtics like missoula they're killing it <laughs> like he is yeah. wet they are west virginia's okay. team now because of Sick. joe missoula Awesome. It's actually kind of fun. Like I have a coworker like every day after game. So he'll be like, dude, oh, I can't believe that comeback against Minnesota. And I'm like, you're watching the NBA. Like he's never talked to me about the NBA the entire time <laughs> I've been at my job wow. for six years. But now people are like all in because of Missoula. Like, dude, Mountaineers, man, that's all they care about. They'll watch it. like anything. Yep. Like if there was an elite dart thrower that's from WVU, they'd be like, did you see that dart game last night? Like, they <laughs> would sick. be in. So they are, we are West Virginia's team right now. That, that's well, funny. Australia is just like West Virginia. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Patty Mills, Joe Missoula. Sister states. Absolutely. Yeah, Speaking of liking yeah. things, uh, more broadly speaking, there's about twice as many people here in the stream than when we started. Please like the stream. Help us put this show in front of more eyeballs if you like this stream it apparently stimulates the algorithm subscribing to the channel helps as well if you're watching yeah, on first just, to the floor yeah. head over to clns and subscribe to them if you're watching on clns head over here to the first of the floor youtube channel and subscribe wow we very much appreciate it guys the pacers and the raptors <laughs> they made a trade pascal siakam is now in dark blue and yellow playing for brad stevens second favorite team in the indiana pacers hey. um jake is this a i guess this is the the proper lens through which to ask this question is this in any way a threat to the Celtics? I think they're maybe a slightly bigger threat than they were before. I think actually, I think that's easy to say. They are definitely a better team now with Siakam than Bruce Brown. Absolutely no question. 
That being said, I still don't view them as a legitimate risk to the Celtics. Siakam in particular has been someone that has really struggled with the Celtics matchup on both ends. I know people um, have kind of pointed to the Pacers have been a team that's given the Celtics trouble. The Pacers have given the Celtics trouble in a way like the Magic gave the Celtics trouble in that the Celtics take a little while to take things seriously, Mm -hmm. as we all know. And- I think like how the Celtics destroyed them in the two games earlier this season, the magic that is when they were like, we heard the Pacers talking shit and we're time to, time to end this. I think that's kind of similar to, to the Pacers games. Like, and this season in particular, you know, they lost the in-season tournament game. The Pacers like have cooled off a little bit for, like from there. Like they, that game in particular shot 47% from three. Um, there was no Porzingis in that game. Um, and then the, the only game that they've played this season where both teams have been healthy, they just uh, the Celtics won by I think 118 to 101. Tatum at 38. I still don't think that they have uh, the infrastructure to slow down a healthy Celtics. And then I think defensively, once this team's locked in, not a real concern. But I do think they can they could win a playoff series against someone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it certainly makes the Pacers a much better team. I I really like rate Siakam. I think he's a really good player. He's not a great player against the Celtics. Like, remember in the bubble when Jalen just like absolutely took his lunch money for yeah. a few games yeah. when he was defending him? Like, and he's just not a good enough three point shooter to be like a pure stretch big again. So yeah. he's kind of a weird fit. He fits really well with Indy, but as far as the Celtics are concerned. It, like they'll be a little bit tougher, but I don't, they don't really scare me in a playoff matchup. It it's the type of trade that still makes me confused about exactly what the Raptors are getting at because they just traded for two players that are not going to be on the team when, you know, these picks are like on their team and playing well. I just don't know why they didn't try to get some picks out of uh the, uh, OG trade. The OG and Anubi trade, but yeah. I mean, whatever. Like Bruce Brown's fun. They'll probably flip him for some more yeah. like a first or a couple of good seconds or something like that. So trade totally makes sense for both teams. Um and yeah, Siakam's really good. They I think they could beat the Bucks. I think they could beat the Heat. I think I don't Ooh. think they could beat Philly in a series, but yeah. um but yeah, it's it's a fun trade, man. It's like the type of yeah. trade like a team on the fringe like Indy doesn't always make. So yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to see how it looks. That's where I really enjoy it personally is like how it could impact some of our closest <laughs> rivals, whether it's the Sixers and, you know, sort of rewinding back to the Schadenfreude report a little bit, whether it's the Sixers or the Bucks and, and how much trouble it could cause them throughout a lengthy playoff series. Whereas like you, you, like you guys said, Siakam... We've always had success against Siakam. So as an individual, he doesn't cause me much concern from a matchup perspective for the Celtics. And if you think about the way they play ball and often it's a lot of drive and kick utilizing Halliburton, like Siakam's not really that good of a kick out option. I don't have his three point shooting numbers up in front of me. I think he's been better this year, but throughout his career, it's not like he's been this elite three-point shooting threat. So defensively, absolutely, he bumps them up. But um, from the Celtics perspective, the tools that we have, the the personnel we have, I'm not worried about that making life difficult for us, but hopefully for our, our closest rivals there. Um, there's, there's no easy, like the East, I, people have been talking about how good the West is and like, I get it, but it's one through eight right now. Like mm-hmm. Knicks at five, Heat at six, Pacers at seven, Magic at eight. And then there's a the Bulls are four, four games back from there, so like 
you kind of expect the magic pace like that probably to hold unless there's a, a an upset in the play-in game. Like, there's no easy first round matchups really. Like in this in this scenario, like maybe the magic is like your number one choice, honestly, just because in a playoff setting, I think that the defense shuts them down. Um, I it's actually it reminded me of this trade because remember last year with Jalen. This is a bit of a kind of a, a tangent here, but. There was a lot of people that wanted to trade Jalen and the conversation was like, and we would have been, because they were the same contract, right? Jalen, if we hadn't extended him, would have been like Siakam right now and that he would have been a free agent going into the next season. Sure. And so it's like, okay, would people have been happy with the return that the Pacers got like going forward? It's like you get, let's just say you get Bruce Brown, Jorah and uh, uh, Kira Lewis two, like three first round picks. Like it's a pretty good return. Like it's actually better than I thought they would get for someone that's expiring. Mm-hmm. The, the difference I think is Siakam's like been pretty open about, I'm going to sign the five-year deal with Indiana, it sounds like. Whereas Jalen doesn't sound like, to, doesn't feel like to me, the guy that would probably do that. He played like some kind of be kind of cryptic. But um, one, I also think it's it's actually just good for if you want to, Trade Jalen down the line because, like, this is this 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 price basically indicates what are you willing to trade for a guy that's going to make two hundred and fifty million dollars? And I think Jalen, you got to he's a better player than Siakam, younger by like three years still. Uh, I, it's just interesting to think about. Um, like, this is a like Jalen esque type package. They better be fucking sure that Siakam is going to re-sign with them because yeah. can yeah. you guys think of any time in recent history where that has backfired on a team? A team that is very close to our hearts. No, Not no, in exactly no. the same way, Never. but no. has anyone ever softened on their commitment to re-sign with the Celtics in recent years? It's happened. There is a precedent. So no, if they no, have a course. really <laughs> awful back end of the season, Siakam is well within his right, unethically, um, however, to you know re- rework his decision there to potentially go somewhere else. So they better be sure. I, I will say, though, it's almost worth the risk still to me. Like, yeah, you lose Bruce Brown. Whatever, like you still got like your, your young guys, Halliburton and and Matherin, your your more blue chip younger guys. The two firsts in this year's draft are, eh, like the one of the one of the picks is the worst of OKC, Houston, Utah, and the Clippers. With OKC and the Clippers in that scenario, you're going to end up with a 25 overall, mm-hmm. 25th overall pick. So it's it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it's going to hurt a lot if he doesn't, but it's not a uh, it's not going to be catastrophic if he doesn't re-sign there. Let's end on this. The Denver Nuggets, uh, mm. who won the NBA championship last year, as my friend Dice reminds me of on a re- very regular basis. We play them tomorrow. They are a very good team. In the last two weeks, though, just four and three, just hovering just above 500. Second ranked offense, second ranked offense, excuse me, in the last two weeks. 26th ranked defense, although they do have the 14th ranked defense overall on the season. They're second in the league in attempts at the rim, 28th in the league at three point attempts. This is on a frequency uh, level, not on an accuracy level. Uh, and the Celtics have basically the opposite shot profile. So it should make for an interesting matchup. Historically, we've always been really good against the Nuggets at home at TD Garden. Uh, I know we've kind of touched on this matchup throughout the show, guys, but Spoonie, I, I think you actually alluded to we might actually lose the the home winning streak to the Nuggets. So I was going to ask you, how do you feel about this one? 
but I think you've you've painted that picture for us already. I I don't know, and uh, that was more of just like a vibes take. Like, you know, yes. we're talking about the home winning streak. Roll it's in here. everybody's mind. And, does the, does you know, the five and a half change your mind at all? Because I know you were leading that the Nuggets uh, were going to win, but like that's that was bigger than I thought. I would have thought three mm. and a half. Does that kind of how does that make you feel? Yeah, I I just think the Celtics are coming off a blowout. Um, and a nice win, like, you know, Vegas, like they're not predicting what they think is going to happen in the game. They're predicting how they can make the equal amount of money on both sides. Sure. Um, so I, uh, and the 20, and know, probably leans into like why that line's a little bigger than you might expect. Uh, so I, I don't know. I feel like the nuggets are going to come out hungry. They're a great team. Uh, but I'll be interested. They can't really defend the Jays. They really have nobody because Aaron Gordon's too slow and they want to use him in more of an off-ball disruptor role. Like Michael Porter Jr., forget about it, buddy. Yeah, no. Um, you know, you're <laughs> their size and that's about it. And then a KCP, like he's just too small. And especially with the new post-up game that... And we've been talking about a lot about Tatum's post-up game. Jalen is almost yeah. nearly a fit, as efficient as a post-up guy as, as Tatum is. So he's got that as well. Um, and then, you know, KP can bring um, Jokic out from, you know, where he's comfortable around the rim defensively. So the 26 ranked defense the last two weeks is pretty surprising to me because they do have good defenders really outside of Jokic and Murray. Mm-hmm. Um so, but you know, offensively, they're just almost borderline impossible to stop when the shots are going down. So, I, I think it'll be a, a very close game. I could totally see us winning. Like I said, that was kind of a vibes take. Yeah, no, we'll see. Allowed. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I've trusted Joe to drop game plans against teams like this. And then sometimes it just comes down to whether the shooting variance is like in your favor or not totally in the mm-hmm. other team's favor. Uh, so we'll see. But I like our chances for sure. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the Celtics offense. Going back to last season, those two games that they played against the Nuggets, the Jays were really good in both games. They, they yeah, Gordon too slow, KCP too small. The most interesting, like it's just going to be more like, can the Celtics hot shooting? Because they've been just scorching of late. I do love that we've, you know, come home from you know, Toronto. We've had, you know, the, the Spurs game, low minutes-ish, you know, 31 minutes for the Jays, 24 for Horford. and if we're being frank, again, an 80-year-old man saying, if we can be frank, uh, those were some light. <laughs> that, that, that was some light. Those were light minutes, 31 minutes. Light work. Yeah. Those, were, those mm-hmm. were very light, 31 minutes. So they're going to be rested, going to be comfortable, sleeping in their own bed. The most interesting aspect of the game is like how the Celtics are going to try and slow down the Nuggets because that's that, it's the unanswerable question in the NBA right now. The, six, yeah. the Sixers did a pretty good job of it. Um, and like for the most part, Embiid wasn't on Jokic. Uh, I was listening to the Rosillo podcast today. Interesting stat. It's like the the when when Jokic takes 15 shots or less, their winning percentage is, I forget the exact number, is really high. And when he takes 20 shots or more, they're, it's, they're like a below team. And hmm. then it's tossing up whether or not, is that just because game script then kind of indicates that he tries to make him come back or is it actually a trend? But I do think that there is something to trying to play Jokic straight up and and uh, and going from there. I know. How would you like to see them approach it, Ben? Yeah, that's the thing I'm most excited about is like how we apply our awesome defense to this, you know, really dynamic Nuggets team with with Jokic as sort of the offensive fulcrum there. And Al Horford won't start. 
but I sort of expect to see a lot of mm. Horford on Jokic mm-hmm. time in lieu of someone like Grant Williams with, you know, all of his faults was like historically, yes, we only played the Nuggets twice a season, but like pretty good at defending Jokic and got himself the uh, the Batman name there, yeah. albeit self-appointed. Um, but I do expect <laughs> Al Horford just with his, his length and he's like veteran savvy. He's probably the best equipped physically and mentally to defend throughout the stretch of a game, sort of long term, the most minutes, a guy like Nikola Jokic. And then, you know, we've, we've proven that we've got really good off-ball communication and it's going to be tested now more than ever with all the off-ball cutting that the Nuggets do and all the creative ways in which Jokic uh, finds those cutters. We're going to have to be really in sync with one another. We've seen long stretches of that throughout the season, particularly in this recent stretch. Uh, so I'm excited to see it put like really and thoroughly to the test and really it's just going to come down to if we can be as locked in as we've proven ourselves to be capable of then like we should have a capable enough defense to to shut the nuggets down relative to what they're usually capable of producing so very excited for this matchup albeit a little bit scared of um how that might affect my (laughs) friendship with dice down there in melbourne (laughs) (laughs) you're going down though for the for the denver cup right yeah, I know. So, like, the, the vibe okay. of this trip is going to be completely set by what happens in this game. So, a right. lot riding on it. Oh, very exciting. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is, <laughs> for you guys. Yeah, very exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I'm gonna, I, but I, I, I don't see a scenario where the Nuggets win big. I think the Celtics are going to be ready to go here. Again, like, the, the doldrums of the season. You got through the, the Raptors game and you got through the Spurs game. But now you've got to expect that this is going to be like, everyone's going to be up for this. The injury report is completely clean. Uh, I was quietly a little bit concerned to see Porzingis pop up with the right knee inflammation. It was good to see that the right knee inflammation was in fact fake right knee inflammation. Happy for, uh, for a that lot of that be, going on. Yeah. A lot of fake inflammation <laughs> yeah. popping up around the, uh, well, the Celtics line just moved right in front of my eyes to plus six and minus six. So that's uh, interesting. Oh wow! Hmm. I feel Damn. like a I feel like a professional gambler, like with the Fanduel right up in front of me. <laughs> Touch. Oh, we, we got we got a good number here. Fanduel plus Pick minus up the phone. six. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you got in sharp at minus five and a half too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you know, I see if you're listening to the to the gambling tips, you know, you're getting in sharp. Absolutely. Uh, do you guys care about all-star voting at all? Because that's there's been releases, multiple releases that have come out over the last couple of weeks. We've never spoken about it. There was another release today. <laughs> you know, unsurprisingly, all, you know, all of our starters have a spot somewhere on, on that ladder of, of voting results. And yet we never talk about it. Personally, I don't give a shit, right? Mm. Like we know our guys are good and the all-star game is fun. I'm not denouncing that at all, but, you know, I don't want to sound like this like, like I'm too big for my boots here or whatever, but like it's the championship that we've got in our sights, right? Like I just don't give a shit about the all-star game at all or the voting returns. Um, yeah. What do you think? I, I care much more about all NBA than I do all-star. Like Andrew hmm. Wiggins got voted into the all-star game. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> what What are we doing here? Like K-pop fans can just vote somebody in. Like, I don't know. It's all kind of a gaffe. Like I, I, it means literally nothing to me, but all NBA I think is very important. So I, the only reason I've found myself caring about it is that I'm, I am intrigued by like where Tatum sits in the superstar hierarchy amongst the, the world, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, like LeBron and Giannis, like clear, clear at the top at 3.9 million for LeBron and 4.3 for million for Giannis, which is pretty impressive. But then like after that, oh, and Tatum almost caught Embiid. But it's it's Giannis, LeBron, Embiid. Tatum is fourth 
at all votes. And like, again, this doesn't matter. It doesn't even necessarily that I think that he's the fourth best player in the, the league, whatever, even though I kind of do. It's just to me, it's like he has become like this staple in the NBA superstardom world. Like he's going to be a mainstay. He's going to be 38 years old and he's going to be getting three plus million votes and still be starting. It's going to be team Tatum or whatever, you know, once, once he gets into his later years. So Mm -hmm. I I care because like, you know, we're going to be able to say 15 time all-star Jason Tatum, because once you reach the level that he's reached now, and then you add, um, how much playoff success he's going to have for the next five to 10 years, I think it's just, it's just cool from a Celtics perspective because he's going to have just so many accolades. Hmm. Yeah, I can get to that take. Well, folks, yeah. do you care about the All-Star game? What do you think is <laughs> going to happen in the Nuggets game? Let us know in the chat right now or like after the, the fact. Like the stream, all that stuff. There's uh, commenting on Spotify now, so give us your takes there as well. And if you're watching on YouTube later, um, leave us a comment because we read all of them and reply to most of them. Um, so thanks to everyone in the chat there and thanks to everyone watching or listening later. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as we do. I think it's safe to say we're having a pretty damn good time this season. If you want to support the show, please like we say all the time subscribe like the stream leave a nice review and a five-star rating on apple podcasts we'll be back next week with richard white Derek's dad Spoonie, jake love your work guys until next time go celtics